What's up, everybody? This is Jerry Ferrara, and you are listening to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah podcast. calling me for releasing your heart on, Ari. I call your mother for that, Davies. I actually want to talk to you about a little misunderstanding. See, practical jokes are for friends, and we ain't friends. It wasn't a joke, Ari. It was torture. <laughs> Get used to it, pal, because it's going to keep coming. Like the Terminator, I cannot be stopped. This is a very dangerous game you're playing, Davies. Ari, I am going to fuck with you day and night. You know why? Because I'm younger, cooler, and better looking than you. And because I can. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hitty, coming to you from my studio in San Francisco, California. Apologies about the delay. Trying to get on a regular schedule right now. As I mentioned, I'm getting another podcast off the ground. That combined my day job, and the fact that I keep switching from Northern California to Southern California has caused things to be a little crazy around here. But we have a great episode for you today, episode three of season five, The All Out Fallout. John Sabine is a good friend of a good friend of mine in Chicago. He's a comedian, he's an actor, he's the host of Bulls Outsiders on NBC Sports Chicago, big basketball fan. There's a lot of basketball talk towards the top of this week's episode. But John has performed all over the Chicagoland area, doing improvisational comedy and working with the Improvised Shakespeare Company. We had so much fun talking about this week's episode of Entourage. We compared the characters of Entourage to Lord of the Rings characters, to characters from the musical Jersey Boys. We played a fun game that John came up with. He was just an absolute delight. I'm really looking forward to having him back sometime in the future. Great episode of Entourage. Ari gets a Ferrari. Vinny has to do a Sweet 16 party. Ari and Davies get into a little heated drag racing prank war. It was so much fun. It's good to be back talking about Entourage. Couple quick housekeeping things. First off, I want to thank someone who DM'd me. I realize that the ad reads in this week's episode of Entourage are probably getting pretty repetitive. I apologize that that scratching noise that would play before the sleep app ad read was so loud. I did not realize it was that loud because I always listen to the podcast on my headphones. But when I finally got a chance to listen to last week's episode, or two weeks ago's episode with my first wife, we listened to it in our car ride. And holy shit, does this podcast sound different in a car stereo. So I hopefully have fixed that. Hopefully it doesn't blow out your eardrums like it did to us when we were driving. Thank you to everybody who has supported the podcast. As I've talked about a few times now, I'm out on my own doing this podcast out of my pocket. So there is a link in the show notes of today's episode for you to donate. If you want to donate a dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars to the Entourage podcast, I'm going to take half of every donation, probably until COVID-19 lockdown ends, and donate it to a company called Good360.com. Goods for the greater good. They're providing masks, blankets, face coverings, anything needed for people either on the front lines or working in hospitals. Big shout out to Matthew who donated to the podcast last week. If you're so inclined, if you have the means, if you want to give to a great charity and support a little podcast about Entourage, it is much appreciated. I do want to give one last shout out to Lazy Gringo. I've spoken about Lazy Gringo before. Lazy Gringo is an apparel company based out of Colorado. They make incredible pants, shirts, comfort wear that made staying at home just a little bit better. 
They sent me over a nice pair of pants. I've been wearing them throughout this whole process. I think I'm actually wearing them right now. Yeah, I'm wearing them right now as I'm editing this thing. I just woke up. If you're interested in some colorful and comfortable loungewear for around the house, follow the link in the show notes of today's episode. Shout out to Christian and all those guys there. Without further ado, let's dive into the All Out Fallout, episode three of season five with John Sabine. Enjoy. All right, my guest this week is one of the hosts of Bulls Outsiders on NBC Sports Chicago. He's an alumni of the Second City Touring Company. He's performed in several Second City theatricals. He can be seen around Chicago performing with the late 90s and the Improvised Shakespeare Company. John Sabine, welcome to the Entourage Podcast. Thank you for having me. What a fantastic introduction. That was really nice. Uh, I'm happy to be here. Saturday morning, I'm trying to you know gas you up a little bit. Us, I said you can be seen around Chicago performing. You currently cannot be seen around the no, Chicago doing li- anything. Uh, I don't think anything. Live theater is now permanently dead. It's so sad. Nobody saw improv <laughs> when everyone was healthy, and I don't think people are going to go see it now. <laughs> Uh, but uh, if the NBA ever starts up and you have local cable, dozens of people watch our television program. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's a really cool dig. I've, it's one of those ones that like every basketball nut, like young dude who's dabbled in comedy, like would ever want to do. And you, oh. you, you got the job, man. It's it's, it's a, a dream. It truly is. And we we can thank the Golden State. It started uh, the Warriors Outsiders started it. That's so. right. They did it. The very nice guys. Uh, and uh, but so anyway, it is a dream job. Except the only worst, the only bad part is watching the Bulls play. That's the <laughs> yeah. o- the only bad part. <laughs> yeah, I know that people listening who aren't into basketball are going to get annoyed with the basketball talk, but I, I can't help myself. We're I'm a basketball fan. You're a basketball fan. It's, like it's the the Venn diagram too of NBA yes. and entourage. Yes. This isn't ballers. Like that's <laughs> NFL. Like this is entourage. Like we. It, there's so many NBA centric episodes that it matters. It's, so, it's the same culture. So, so. many cameos. So many, I mean, yeah, one, one of my favorite episodes ever is when they first sit courtside at the Lakers game. Ari goes, I'm going to go out there and launch a three if I want. It's in, it's incredible. The, yeah, the correlation between these just, I, I've, I've gotten a few people being like, you talk about basketball a lot. And you know what? I'll talk about it. It's my podcast. It's about entourage. We'll, we'll do it. We will talk about it. Cause it, it's, it's not, it's not out of left field. We're not talking about baseball. True. You know, true. Like it's it it, it 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 makes more sense than you think it does. John, before we dive into this week's episode, the all out fallout, episode three of season five, I always ask my first time guests, how did you first experience entourage? When did you first encounter it? What was the overall experience like? Did you watch it all the way through? Did you see the movie? Okay, great great questions. Uh I started I think pretty early in its inception because I was in college during like two thousand five, two thousand six is when I started watching it. Debuted in 2004, yeah. Did it really? Okay, great. That, that's what I thought. And I'm I, I, from Texas, but went to school in Northern California where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the California thing, and I never had HBO. My parents never had it, but we got it for like our house, you know? And it was like a treat. And I think being not 20 in California, <laughs> yeah. first HBO, I think I was like the perfect demographic and the perfect time for this. Yeah. Um, and so we did watch it pretty religiously. I don't think I finished it, and I did not see the movie. Wow. <laughs> I auditioned for the movie. You did not. I auditioned for the movie. I've auditioned for, like, three movies in my life. Four, <laughs> maybe. Like, I'm a bad actor. But I auditioned for the role that went to Haley Joel Osment. Oh, my God. The, like, the spoiled, like, financier's kid who's trying to sleep with Emily Ratchet. That could have been yeah, you, yeah, John. Like, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I got to audition for that, so I got to. Re- I think I read the script. I think I have a loose idea of what happens in the movie, but I did not see it. No, it's basically just a two-hour-long episode of Entourage. It was. I mean, it was so funny when they were like, "And the role went to the Sixth Sense kid." Like, Why did you even have me come in? Like that's so stupid. And that's Hollywood for you. Oh, that's Hollywood, baby. Yeah, I remember it was like must see. And again, I think because we were of that, we hit the sweet spot of it coming out. You know, like it was perfect. Like Garden State came out. You know, yeah. year. like it was yeah. like we were there. We were right there for it. Young dude, twenties, loves basketball. First time in California. Here's a show exactly. about how awesome California is on Sunday nights. That's perfect. exactly. I'm like, and like all my roommates from LA, so we go visit. And I was like, this is LA. You know, <laughs> uh, it's the same. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what about you? I'm sure people, the listeners are. Yeah, know, yeah. Right? I've. I mean, I'll. I watched it, same thing. I'm a little younger than you, so I was probably, um, I discovered it sophomore year of college, but there had probably been three seasons, so I watched them all over like a family vacation in Florida. I got like the DVDs. I did this weird thing where I just DVDs. bought, I bought yep. three seasons of a show I'd never seen before on DVD. Yes. Like, because that was something you used to do. There was no way to just like fire it up on your phone, so went to Target or wherever it was, bought them, watched it. Renting dvds of tv series i remember was like an exciting thing oh yeah because there was no vhs's of tv series yeah and like you could find them for free at the library not to like plug public libraries but like that was a good way (laughs) yeah they need it they need us (laughs) we love libraries um but yes it's a so that's when i felt like i was i remember watching it and it was very i loved the music like i really loved it yeah like i like i i loved the characters more than i probably should have you know what I mean? Because like they're not super out of this world, well written. <laughs> no, it's. But, but I lo- I remember thinking they were hilarious. The characters strike a certain nerve amongst young men because they they just like are like these broad stroke personality types. So there's always something relatable in each person. Like drama, super insecure. Uh, he's like a. Um, what's it called? Serial dater. Vinny's like that, the popular laid back guy. And every single person wants like a little bit of all of that. And I think that's why it resonates so much. And that's why people are still talking about it 10 years later, especially on an entourage podcast. It's, it's I mean, so this funny. Is, it's a very niche community. <laughs> it is. And I'm in. <laughs> it and, is. I, and I love and respect it. I appreciate uh, it. And th- what, a, think, what a great app, too. <laughs> oh. I felt this app had it all. Yeah, I'm really glad I had, I'm having you on for this app because it has a lot of fun things. We'll dive into it, but before we do, question I've been asking all my guests this season particularly. How do you think the entourage is handled COVID slash quarantine lockdown? Right now? Yeah. What are they doing? So, I go back and forth. My, my first instinct was drama thinks it's overkill. Mm-hmm. And then I go, no, he would go full <laughs> on... Uh, like Howard Hughes not, not leaving the house, Pharrell everything. He would be very like, where's your mask, bro? Like he would be like policing people. If someone shook his hand, he'd scream at him. Turtle would be relatively chill. He would not really, I mean, I don't think he would know what's going on. Yeah. Vinny uh, would, I think, fall, lean towards the his brother. Yeah. Um, and Eric is so worthless. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think Ari would be think he could beat the disease. Yeah. There's definitely an alpha thing with Ari. Yeah, he would he would like be taking supplements. Yep. He would take that medicine that Trump <laughs> that you're not supposed to take yep. and he would like be sick for a whole episode. Ari would 
some way try to be like, I'm the only agent in this town working right now. Yes, he would. It, it's an opportunity. It'd be like that uh, Yom Kippur episode, yes. or whatever. Like it, it would be like that, and so he would he would totally see it as like a a, a competitive advantage. Exactly, I love it. Okay, so episode three of season five, the All Out Fallout, originally aired on Sunday, September twenty first, two thousand and eight. I really wanted to have some like great basketball news for you, like a big trade or a signing. Obviously, it's not during the seasons, but it's before the 2008 season. There was nothing this month in NBA news. No, there was not. Except a six foot one point guard from the University of Florida retired at the age of 31 due to injuries. Jason Williams, a.k.a. White Chocolate, who played on the Sacramento Kings, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Miami Heat from the years 1998 to 2008, retired. Wow. This was a big moment for me, John. He's amazing. <laughs> he won a championship in 07, right? He won a championship 06. with Miami. 06. 06, yep. White Chocolate. He, man, his highlights still hold up. Oh, my God. It's, it, it's a little annoying how often you see on NBA Twitter people like, have you seen this guy? It's like, yeah. You, you say it's annoying. You're right, though, but every time I'm always like, damn, they're right, though. Like, it's overkill, yeah. but I'm like, yeah, but we should be sharing this all the time. Because mm-hmm. no one does that. If you don't know basketball, if you don't care about basketball, Google Jason Williams White Chocolate, because there's a lot of Jason Williams. Yes. One, one's a murderer. One's a legit murderer. <laughs> yes. Who played basketball named Jason Williams. Don't look at the murderer highlights. There's one who drove a motorcycle and got injured. Don't listen to him. The white Jason Williams. The white Jason Williams. Is the best. And they all played at the same time. <laughs> That's the craziest thing. Uh, but that, he did retire? Wow. That week. Same week as this episode. It's all I could find. I still have That's his jersey. That's good trivia. I still have his you jersey do? somewhere Kings? in my closet. Kane's black away with a purple uh, trim. Don't ever don't ever give that away. Ever, ever. I think it was made by, like, Champion. You know, it's like one of those, like, yep. sateen jerseys. It's, oh, I uh, love that. I'll... Oh, I'm very jealous of you. That's very... <laughs> He was the real deal. If, if he could shoot a, a little bit, yeah. he would have been out of this world. His, his highlights are incredible, but if there was a highlight reel of all the like turnovers he had, it would be even more incredible with the things he'd try. He's kind of turtle. Yeah, that's good. I like that. He's a turtle. <laughs> Quick recap of this week's episode, then we'll dive into the categories. Drama is miserable over his, over his breakup with Jacqueline, and Vince's accountant Marvin is pressuring him to get a job. Any job. The guys head to Shauna for help, and she lines up a sweet 16 did for Vince. But when the birthday girl's mother insists he sit on a throne of ice, he refuses, and Shauna has to step in and renegotiate the terms. E secures Amanda and Ed Norton's interest in his new client script, and Nine Brave Souls morphs from an indie flick to a Ridley Scott studio film, Smoke Jumpers. Meanwhile, Ari is thrilled with his anniversary gift for Mrs. Ari, a new Ferrari. But when he floors it in a drudge race with Adam Davies that bangs up his new toy, the gauntlet is thrown down. Ari and Davies battle it out until Ari storms over to his old agency, forcing Davies to apologize. John, what was your favorite moment from this week's episode of Entourage? Him confronting Davies. Ari confronting Davies. It's it. It's it's like the highlight of what the season almost. I love that he got away with it. I love that I was because I will say this. I think I remember seeing this when it came out, uh, but I forgot. I was waiting for him to get his comeuppance. Yeah. Because like he he's all. It's funny when he's the fool and he gets mad. I love that he put him in his place. I love that. He, and, and keep her from, that's his old agency, right? Old agency. Adam Davies used to be yes. an agent in his old agency, and he's yes. now like a equal to Ari, roughly. Uh, to go back to his old stomping grounds and reclaim dominance, I thought it was really wonderful. It was righteous and comedic, which is hard to do, and I really loved it. Games are games, Davies, but that is the mother of my children. 
So apologize or I will kick your ass in front of your entire deadbeat agency. That is what we call a bitch slap. A bitch slap for a bitch. What do you say we go outside and finish it off, huh? You are going down for this, Ari. I don't really care. Now you apologize for what you did or I'm going to knock you the fuck out. Right here and right now. I'm gonna count to three. One. I apologize. I can't hear you. I said... I'm sorry. Nice seeing everybody again. Come on, Lloyd. Every gold, you have fists of fury. I like that Ari, you know, in all of his blustering macho bullshit, has a line, and that's like family. And he's like, you crossed the line, and now you have to pay for it, you know? Yeah, I, I actually kind of like agree with him on this. Yeah. And, and it was their anniversary. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right, yeah, I forgot like, about that it part. Double, it was a very sensitive thing, but granted, all, everything, he, he started everything. He I, did. That's the only thing, like... There was not a point that he d- wasn't the instigator. <laughs> I, you know, they had a little fun little street racing, which, like, was interesting, to say the least. And But he's the one who's like, Lloyd, shit in a bag, put 100 bucks in it, and we'll, we'll get this ball rolling. Poor I Lloyd. Mean, this, is, this goes without saying. <laughs> is Lloyd the MVP of every single episode? Yeah. I mean, there, there was, a, like, a line where it was like, I was involved in some street racing. <laughs> and, and Lloyd goes, oh, sexy. And he goes, it was with Adam Davies. And he goes, oh, gross. Yeah. Like, that alone. Yeah. I was worried about you, Ari. You're never late and you always answer your cell. Yeah, well, I had a little problem with the Ferrari. Already? Yep, I was involved in some illegal street racing. Ooh, sexy. With Adam Davies. Ooh, gross. Yep, and I lost, so I owe him a hundred bucks. Oh, fuck Adam Davies. I'd like to see him come here and try and collect. Well, my confidence grows tenfold knowing that you have my back, Lloyd, but I don't Welsh, so. Here is $100. Please put it in a brown paper bag along with a nice big pile of shit and send it over there. Excuse me. Human shit, Lloyd. Right now. That is really disgusting, No, really disgusting is going to be the American Psycho-style dismemberment I'm going to perform on you if you don't do that right fucking now. What about doggy poo? Human shit, Lloyd. Yours if it's easier. Otherwise, go camp out in the men's bathroom or the women's bathroom, whichever will have you. But I need a specimen. Retsley, Retsley's performance, the the yin and the yang of Ari Gold and, and uh, Lloyd, it's it's perfect. People say it's some one of their favorite interactions and relationships in the show. I would say my overall favorite moment is just the entire Adam Davies, Ari Gold, like, prank war. It was just... Like some good old Very fashioned funny. TV fun, you know. Like it was madcap. Yeah, the the top sh- the top show up. You're like, what's that was going so on? Funny. It was perfect. I was like, I actually was like, that's really good. I yeah. liked it. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, that's because you're like, oh, strippers, entourage. No, this is good. And they both. The funny thing is like the juxtaposition of the scenes going back to back of the boys being at a strip club <laughs> and then the male stripping happening in the uh, office. I thought that was like kind of beautiful writing. Yeah, you know what. <laughs> One of the tops is like, sounds like an admission of guilt. Cuff him, Bill. And they just like strip off their fucking tearaway top it. outfits. I mean, incredible. And then it, it gets into a revenge porn area, which like, let's just leave that one alone. But so, but ahead of their time. Yeah, truly. She sent me some photos. I saved the evidence. I'd oof. That's a, that's a hard, that's a hard card to pull like early on in this thing. We, na- we have the benefit of hindsight. Thank God. Yes. Thank God. <laughs> no 
Yes. I'm Officer Nickerson. This is Officer Morgan. Officer? Is this about the car accident? No, sir. This is about that bag of feces you sent one Adam Davies today. What about it? That sounds like an admission of guilt to me. Cuff him, Bill. No, no, hold on a second. Wait a minute, wait. Hold on a second. Since when is sending someone to prison a crime? Since we say it is, Mr. Gold. You are literally on some sick shit, Ari. Mr. Gold, if you cooperate, we'll make this as pleasant an experience as we can for you. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What is this? Who are you guys? BHPD. Boner Patrol. Oh, oh, come on. Yeah, you're about to get your stiffy inspected. Oh, my God. Lloyd! <laughs> Lloyd! I'm out of here, Ari. Well, hold on, T.I. Call me when you're done with your entertainment. <laughs> Lloyd, you speak their language. Make it stop! It'll be over soon, Ari. Just close your eyes and think of pussy. John, every week we talk about our favorite bros being bros moment, and that can just simply mean, like, moments of male friendship. Not really, like, them being bro-y, but them just being a group of guy friends. Did anything jump out at you as particularly being resonant? Yes, when they left together and, and Johnny stole the bourbon. That's what I wrote down, too. Oh, That's I love That's so it. funny. <laughs> I love that. Fuck that. I'd rather be bankrupt. Turtle, you know how you drive in Grand Theft Auto? Way ahead of you, man. What a waste of time. Not a total waste. Oh, you boosted their scotch, Johnny? Yeah, fuck them. The way they insulted you, bro, they had it coming. Let's get hammered like St. Paddy's Day. I know a place. Because also, like, that's, that's a victim. That's like Robin Hood stuff. Yeah, a victimless crime. These people who are, like, clearly, like, near yes. billionaires in Beverly Hill. And I would love to spend a good ten minutes talking about that family. In a, in we, we, a will. Like, we will. We will. I was thrilled of the casting and i i was like how did they not get their own spin-off show i would watch this couple i would watch this family like every week i'd watch it that, that was such that was too good they were overqualified for those roles and they were like in, they had too little screen time Let, let's they let's put truly a truly did let's put a pin in fran dresser and kevin Pollock. so good made so much like i was like how did they that's too good uh and low-key my other favorite bo, bros being bros is when uh E kind of lies to Vinny yep. in his, when he's like, uh, oh, no, you know Ari. Like, it's like, oh, you get, he's got some leads. Like, he knew today was not the right day to yep. give him this news. That's uh, something that we've identified as, like, I've never really noticed that when I watched the show when I was 20. How much they actually shield Vince from the truth at all times. It's always E, Turtle, and Drama giving Vince a version of the real truth. And that's really interesting because that's what would happen. If you had a super famous friend and people were saying bad things about him or bad things were happening, you would want him to be happy because you wouldn't want your situation in his life to get fucked up. Especially a guy like that yeah. who's, like, straight up, like, calm and zen the whole time. <laughs> and, like, at, he's at his best when he's calm and zen. Like, the only way for him to be successful is to him is to not care about stuff. Yeah. And it's like they know that about him. Like, they know that, like, some people – like, Johnny thrives off conflict and thrives off stress – and he's the best version of himself when there's stress and chaos. But Vinny's the exact opposite. Yeah, he's. it's a little unnerving how calm he is at all times while his like life is falling apart around him. I would say one more bros being bros. Just the very open of the episode, Turtle is betting for details about Vince's hookup with Justine Chapin the week before. That was just seemed very relatable to like a young group of 20-year-old guys. I can't believe it. Guy finally hooks up with Justine Chapin and he won't tell us nothing. I told you, Turtle, we had a good time. Oh, come on, Vin. I need a little more info than that. Besides, since when don't we share the details of our love life? Since you shared the details of the girl with the anal warts. That was therapy, not entertainment. 
Just give the little perv something, bro. He won't stop nagging until he gets what he wants. Like, you don't want to know? I had my own sex life to jerk off to. Uh, correction, you had your own sex life. I mean, it was virtual, but now it's over. Turtle. What? No, it's okay, bro. He's right. It's over. That was a time period in every young man's life where we were like, you were single and you were kind of comparing notes with your friends and you were, there was a little bit of... We had a very different Twitter because all my <laughs> friends were terrified or like, like, it's, I always like joke, like, we never, like, we, we were, I think we were so like repressed Catholic ah. ashamed all the time. Yeah. You know, I went to a Catholic college, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and we were like, oh, but so like, we would like get close to sharing. One guy would always share. Always <laughs> of course. We had one guy who was just like would say anything, and we would just like egg him on. But the yeah. other guys were like very like because we all were probably because every guy is probably terrible at sex. Yeah, no, especially <laughs> like, at, at twenty or whatever it is. At 20, every guy in general is probably bad at it. <laughs> let alone twenty is probably like like a, like arrestably bad. Yeah, arrestably. That's great. <laughs> like it's so uh, I, that's I, I but watching Entourage, it was escapism because I was like, that's what real men talk about. <laughs> Like I'm like yeah, that's it. That's real. Yeah, we're gonna uh, talk about pussy like, at the breakfast table yeah, oh, in a restaurant. Can't wait, can't wait to say that word more than three times in my life. <laughs> One day I'm on two right now. I think total in my life. Uh, but uh, I, I do think, but that is that that is like I idyllic bros bring bros for that. Like God, for, what a great life! Have, right? <laughs> what a great life. What was your least favorite moment? I didn't have many if any from this episode it's very very good the ending oh, okay i did not i wanted johnny's uh like drunk singing i loved that like it worked uh-huh. and people loved it and then i was mad i get why you have to end the episodes i get why they did it yeah i i wish he would have like fallen into the pool like or something and like the checks in the he had the check in his pockets or like you know i just was like oh man it was going so well You got the money in advance. And also, I mean, I don't know if I I went back and forth. The daughter. Oh uh, yeah, she's the six-year-old little... daughter being like so over the top. I'm like, oh god. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but those probably. But as as a whole, I like most of it. I like. I even like Shauna. Yeah, Shauna. I don't know. We've always talked about Shauna as like the only mother figure these boys have ever had, and she it was a good Shauna app. Shauna, Shauna's strong in this app. Amanda's strong in this app. Every, the, every cast of characters of Entra. Marvin. We, we'll talk about Marvin a little bit later. Marvin. Oh, round of applause for Marvin. Paul Herman, iconic like gangster character actor. His name is Paul Herman. He looks like a Paul. No, I'm just saying he looks like a Paul. Like yeah, that is the perfect name. Sopranos. Entourage, Goodfellas. He's been in it all, man. He's done he's done the Martin Scorsese loop and then the like miserable accountant of these boys who like they never call back is, is a great role for him. 
So every week we have a category called the most entourage moment of the episode. And this kind of means whatever you want it to mean. You've seen most of the show. For me, it's Ari just being given a brand new Ferrari yes. <laughs> on his anniversary. Yes. Like, yes. I think that was just like an opportunity for them to like write in a street race in like the streets of Bel Air or uh, Beverly Hills. Like, I, I think that's got to be the entourage moment for me. What about you? I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. I, to me, it was a street race because it was like, how do they A, film that? Yeah, crazy. B, like, completely not worth it for, bo- like, all these guys, both guys have everything to lose. Yes. They are not stars. It's like residential. Like, there's, they aren't yes. the school bus. There's like, it's like people taking their kids to work and they're, what? <laughs> like, gunning it for no fucking reason? Like, and then the wife to give a car. Yeah. For an anniversary. I, you're right. That That is definitely the most, uh, Entourage moment. Keep your eyes closed, <laughs> they're, Daddy. They're closed, buddy. They're closed. He's peeking. I'm not peeking. Why do women never Whoa. trust me, honey? Come on. Okay, we're almost there. All so right. Couple more steps. All right. Couple more. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Stop now. All right. Open your eyes. Fuck me. Daddy. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry, but holy. Ari. Sh- baby, what is this? Happy anniversary. I don't. Baby, my gift does not compare to that. Oh, don't worry, I got myself something oh, to make up for it. Oh, my God. You remember how much I wanted this when I was 25? And now you have it. Well, I'm not 25. Well, maybe it'll make you feel like you are. Can I drive? Never. So any good episode of Entourage, I'm realizing, starts with a good-looking woman giving a man, like, a beautiful car. <laughs> I'm just being like, this is for you. <laughs> like, thank, thank, thank God the men are getting gifts. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> But it really, but yeah, that was probably the most entourage moment. Or Ari, Ari is like probably gonna own the entourage moments because like yeah, like the tone of the show is so him. Uh, because he's just a, what is garbage. And <laughs> so not not a lot of E, not a lot of love for E. I'm realizing. I think that E is. I don't understand how he got the job. <laughs> I get that they were in a pizza place, but like yeah, we're like turtle. Jerry Farrah is Turtle. Yeah. That makes sense. When we had Jerry on, he spoke at length about the character, and he said, like, listen, as for all the things a Turtle does that, like, you know, aren't really great, at the end of the day, he's the most loyal out of all the guys and will literally do anything for his friends, and that was what he really wanted to come out in the performance. And I think I think he did. Like, I agree. Super underrated part of every episode. He has some of the funnier lines. He never gets in his own way. He never fucks up the episode. And there's no. never, it's never like, oh, my worst, my least favorite one was when Turtle did this. Like He's also driving. Yeah. He's like, driving. He's the driver. So yeah. he can't be a fool. That's which I think is point. like weirdly responsible. Like he drives. Yeah. Uh, and I think I, that is true. He is like, he is like the Samwise Gamgee. I love it. More, I think more so than E. <laughs> I think e, e has ambition. The first Lord of the Rings entourage reference in 58 episodes of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, but I'm well, happy. Well, let's do this. Because there's four, there's four hobbits, right? Okay, to- yeah. Let's let's think about it. There's Mary, there's Pippin, there's Samwise. Mary is drama. <laughs> Pip is a... Uh, Pip might be E. Yeah, I mean, well, no. Uh, that's tough. Maybe Mary is E. Yeah, I mean, Frodo is obviously Vince, but... Frodo's Vince, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> There's something there. All right. Well, we don't have time. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Any lines jump out at you from this week's episode? That that one where it was the ooh gross really, yeah, really got me. Super good. Um, and I really loved any of the Kevin Pollock like, oh, uh, yeah. just announcing how much money 
things cost. Just, and it's one of those things where, like, you know, where, there's, where it's like, uh, the rich yell and wealth whispers, whatever that, like, fra phrase is. Yes. He somehow isn't either. He's just, like, very casually, like, just after I paid 20 k for a nose job. <laughs> He's just... Yes, exactly. It, it, that is such a good line. And also when drama talks about, he's like, you're better than me. I've, I've uh, filed bankruptcy three times, <laughs> probably while I'm alone. Like, just yeah. those three sentences together is so funny. Yeah. And then Paul Herman goes, it's probably because you're fucking ugly, which is, like, yeah. really unnecessary. Adam Davies has some great lines throughout his feud with Ari. At one point, he says, word is she took on the whole new media division at the La Quinta retreat, which is just, as an actor, I would love to utter those words. Like, it would La just Quinta. be... Yes. And the way he, like, kind of, like, you know, pops his eyebrows up. And he's, like, almost, like, gleeful about the fact that, like, Ari tried to take the shot and missed. I think the Adam Davies, Jordan Belfi performance is very underrated. I mean, he's the perfect foil for Ari's, like, macho bravado. Adam Davies is just, like, very snake-like and oil... He's just an oily dude. <laughs> he's, it's really, you really want to hate him. Yeah. You is that, really want is that to a hate hateable him. face? All, you know, no disrespect yes. to the actor. No respect. He, he, it looks like he played a lot of lacrosse. And no disrespect <laughs> to lacrosse players. He, looks, <laughs> he just looks like a lacrosse player. Davies. Bravo, Ari, bravo. Only, I broke up with that horse six months ago. Bullshit you did. True shit, Ari. I'm fucking a Miami Heat cheerleader now. If you don't believe me, watch the game tomorrow night. I'll have her blow me courtside for the cameras. Yeah, but it's still got a sting knowing that the entire time you were fucking your ex, she was dreaming of getting stuffed by me. Please, Ari. You were hardly the only guy around here she offered to fuck. <laughs> Word is she took on the whole new media division at the La Quinta retreat. Whatever, Davies. Either way, we're done. Done? <laughs> Not quite, pal. Check your email. I, uh... I think you're gonna like it. I found it on the World Wide Web. <gasps> the missus! It's from a little-known piece of cinema called Hard Bodies 3. Did you book that job for her? Every week, John, we talked about our favorite songs from this week's episode of Entourage. The last couple weeks have only been okay with music. This week's episode of Entourage has so many good songs. We have a playlist, a Spotify playlist. It's called the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah Music Playlist. The link to listen to that is in the show notes of today's episode. Did any songs jump out of you? I've got a bunch here that I can walk us through if you don't have any that... Well, the one that... When they were pulling up into the house, that rap song. Brooklyn Girls by Charles Hamilton. I remember I really, that song from being 20 years old. I really, I really, really enjoyed it. I really thought that was a good one. like this. Y'all know my name. I'm an uptown boy with soul flavor. The beat is the minor, but I'm also major. I do my own thing, so... How you doing? I'm Vincent Chase for the Sweet 16 meet. It just sounded like something you would hear in 2008. It had that. It, it, it did. It's, it's by Charles Hamilton's the name of the artist? Charles Hamilton, who sounds like a classical pianist or something, but yes, the song's very. called Brooklyn Girls. Uh, that was one of the ones I was going to call it. The Cool Kids have a song at the beginning of the episode. Cool Kids are from Chicago. It's called Basement Party. Bass spelled B-A-S-S. -S. That's when they are driving the Escalade to the deli and they get out of the car and walk and talk. I honestly, like, I could keep going, but uh, I'm just going to put all the songs in the playlist because there are so many good ones. Even all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to them. Because it was a good, good, it was a good app. I thought of music. Yeah, shouts to Scott Venner, the music producer of Entourage. He always does a good job of picking incredible songs throughout, and then always that end song. Can't take my eyes off of you by Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons. So good. 
it's, you know, you, you hear it at weddings a lot. You hear it. But, like, did you ever see Jersey Boys? It's fantastic. I mean, when that song starts playing or the you know, actor it's, starts it's performing totally that good. song, people were, like, dancing in the aisles at Jersey Boys when I saw it for the first time. It was like... any. A good wedding song starts off like a slow song and turns into a banger, and yep. that one does. Uh, Jersey Boys is low-key, probably the best like jukebox musical of like repackaged songs to make a musical. It like though it's I Jersey Boys is like it's like an hour and a half. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> it's like you're in and out. Like it's amazing. I've seen it three times. I think I was like saw it in Chicago once, very early on in its run. I saw it in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Saw it later when you know it's, it was in Chicago for a long time, and then I was in uh, Vegas with my wife, and we knew a friend who worked. What a group! No way. And she's like, "Hey, do you want some tidbits? I got like tidbits to, you know, some Cirque du Soleil and Jersey Boys." And we took them both and saw them both. By the third time, I was like, "Okay, I know the Jersey Boys story." You, every time, every every line is like, "What did my brother say?" Now nah, let me give you the real story. <laughs> like, like it's just like it's just like, "Whoa, what did that sassafras tell you?" <laughs> ah, come on, I'll give you the real McCoy. And you're like, "What?" Is- this is the did you write this in an afternoon like is this a first draft (laughs) the line i remember from that play that i still think about is a kid runs into the bowling alley yes i I know i know exactly what you're gonna say and one of the four seasons turns to the audience and goes yes joe pesci yeah that (laughs) joe pesci (laughs) that's the only that is truly the only line i remember yeah yeah that joe pesci to the audience and like and us sheep in the audience always go like, huh? Oh, <laughs> like we need to hear that Joe Pesci because when yeah. he says Joe Pesci, like, we're like that couldn't be what? Oh, it's that. did you know? Oh, it is. That's that's. I can't believe you said that. That is truly the only thing I remember from the whole thing. I think anyone that's seen that play remembers that line. So I like to, you know, it's not often that can bring up a one single line from Jersey Boys to somebody. So, so which Jersey Boys are on? Entre- <laughs> <laughs> which four seasons? Because I'm just kidding. We can't do it. Frankie Valley is Vince. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Duh. The listeners, they're gone. <laughs> they're gone. They're gone. Or they're more. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. But yeah. But the, and and him singing at the end, like it was a great. That's a great birthday thing. Yeah. It's, he did a great job. Uh, and then. Johnny joining him. That's a little bros being bros. Like, cause I don't know, Vince, he can't really sing that well. No, he can't. And drama's like, I can't let my baby bro go out like this. There's a little bit of like a guy helping out another guy to help his confidence. That was nice to see. I liked that. And literally like bro versus bro. The other friends don't join. It's <laughs> yeah. like family. Like this is a family thing, which I, I do like the moments in entourage where you see the, the blood closeness. Of Definitely. Them. And that that level of loyalty, um, and without Johnny trying to be an actor, I don't think Vince does. That's true. That's a good point. That's something we've never really brought up. That like I'm sure in some way Johnny was Vince's inspiration for going into this. Yes, and like I'll, I, I, he could move to L.A. because Johnny did it first. Yeah, you know, like he felt like when John Hamm only knew Paul Rudd, but like he's like, well, I know one person. Yep. I'll I'll sleep on Paul Rudd's couch. Yeah, like, that's a great story. Uh, like without Paul Rudd, there's no John Hamm. That's like, crazy. Yeah. Like stuff like that, where I think it's like he really m- created an ecosystem for Vinny to come and then surpass him. I love the analogies we're making. We've now compared the Entourage to <laughs> Lord of the Rings characters, the Four Seasons, and now we're comparing Vince and Johnny drama to John Hamm and Paul Rudd, which is pretty good actually. That's a, I love that. You're just too good to be true Can't take my eyes off of you 
You like heaven to touch. I'm not letting him go out like this. Not my bro. Not tonight. What are you talking about? He sounds great. Stop it, drama. Not to my ears, he don't. So put your jacket on. You're just too good to be true. <laughs> Can't take my eyes off of you. Caught in the way that I stand. There's nothing else Speaking of celebrities, every week we talked about the celebrity cameos in each week's episode. There are... So many good celebrity cameos in this week's episode of Entourage. So it is chock full of it. And well, 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 are these cameos though? So that's a, that's a good point. So Ti is probably the only true cameo. Yes, that's a cameo. Yes, and then Fran Drescher and Kevin Pollock are like doing a walk-on role supporting character bit. But I consider them both like. I mean, they're two of the most successful actors, comedians, impressionists of all. The, who do you want to talk about first? Let's just dive in. We got. Three choices here. T.I., Fran Drescher. Fran Drescher, 100 times out of 100. <laughs> if, in any scenario, Fran Drescher. Uh, Fran Drescher is fantastic in this. She's perfect. And, and like, kind of not over the top. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. like, kind of subtle. And, like, you, actually, like, you know that woman. Like, yeah. she's not, like, she's not, like, a real housewife. Housewife. She's, like, an actual, just, like, you could tell she doesn't have time for these people. Yeah. Like, which is exactly how they'd be. Like, I don't have time for you. And I, I thought she was fantastic. And she looked... And the casting of Kevin Pollock too, was... <laughs> yeah. Those were two great things. There was I one really moment did. where Kevin Pollock says, what if we... And then Fran Drescher does, I've got it! And just, like, over, like, powers him in front of the boys. And they all kind of, like, widen their eyes. Because that's the exact power dynamic that would be happening in that situation. In that gaudy, over-the-top house that's, like, head-to-toe in, like you know, giant rugs. <laughs> She's like, take off your shoes, please. Take off the shoes. It's it's such a good detail. Yeah, it's it's exactly what would be happening. Ah, oh, guys, I'm so happy here. Bob Levine, how are you? Eric Murphy. Nice to meet you. Vince. Please, of course. How are you, Bob? Hey, how are you? Hey. Nice to see you. Hey, Mitch, say hello to Mr. Chase and his friends. Hey. I'm so happy you're here in my home. I'm such a fan. Now, who wants some Johnny Blue? Johnny does. I'm driving. Why not? I'm working. All right. In fact, make mine a double. Coming up. Hello, everybody. Hello. I thought we said 2 o'clock. We came right from Shona's office. All right. Well, it's 2.30, and I am extremely pressed for time that Zach Efron really fucked me over. But my son tells me that my daughter's going to be absolutely thrilled with you. Right, Mitchie? Uh-huh. Oh, what are you doing with your shoes on? Please take your shoes off. Take your shoes off, John. Now, I don't know what my husband told you, but tonight is extremely important to both of us. Ah, uh, yes. We're spending just over a million on our sweet baby girl. That's some sweet 16. Yeah, you don't know the half of it. You're going to be swimming in an ocean of crystal. I've got enough almost Russian gold caviar for 300 guests, so please don't come on an empty stomach. Okay, okay. So, Efren was supposed to do a performance. Now, what can you do? Uh, I act. What else can you do? As most people know, Fran Drescher achieved wider fame as Fran Fine in the sitcom The Nanny, for which she was nominated for two Emmy Awards and two Golden Globes during the show's run. In the 2000s, she reinforced her position as a leading sitcom star with Living with Fran and Happily Divorced. To this day, she's still acting. She was on Broadway. She performed as one of the stepmothers in a Cinderella Broadway production, and she currently stars in the NBC comedy Indebted. This is a star. 
a television star. star who's been crushing it for two decades now to doing a day she's, of work on Entourage. I, I cannot believe she was nominated only twice for an Emmy. That's insane. I, I mean, it's like 93, so like you got to think that there's just a lot, you know, there's Elaine Bennis, you know, there's a lot of like like good female comedic performances. I, I agree with you, though. She's underrated. Uh, I thought, but, but like, we know we know she's Fran Drescher. We yeah. know who she is. That voice is iconic. It's so, I mean, it is truly, truly so good. Okay. This is, so you, you said 93? 93. You're right. You had Murphy Brown still. Yeah, still. You had, you, you still had like cheers. Mm-hmm. This is fair. That doesn't feel like that bad. Kevin Pollack. I mean, not only is he an incredible actor, impressionist, and comedian, he is also an acclaimed podcaster, a poker player, and in 2009, Comedy Central named him one of the top 100 comedians of all time. What? A few good men. Grumpy old men. The usual suspects. Right. Casino. End of days. Right. He's, he's incredible. He, he's incredible. He, you're absolutely right. I would have been shocked. I mean, not no shade to him, but then you think about he's a, he's a really good movie comedian. He's a really good comedic actor in mo- in movies that aren't comedies. Mm-hmm. He plays like the 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 supporting character to the main character who like you know I, I don't even know how to explain it well, but like you know just he just plays the he's the that guy. That's that's what the point of this kind of like podcast great. category is. But he's incredible. The, the first great walking impression, right? Too. Yeah. His Watton impression is like considered the Watton impression. He's got like over fifty like nail impressions. I think he did a whole Netflix special that was just impressions. I had an opportunity to chat with him once after a Sketchfest show here in the Bay Area at Piano Fight, and I mean, I'm sure that the conversation was like probably just me fanboying out, but just he's from San Francisco, went to school in that. San Jose. Gotta love that. My best friend in the whole wide world knows his wife or fiance pretty well and has gotten to meet him a couple of times and it's like he says like again just truly the nicest guy like just truly fun to talk to really nice like down to earth and like we shouldn't be shocked by this no it's like he's such a good actor of course like you have to be that good to you have to be a real person to be a person you know yeah uh, but uh he cl- sings his praises i mean again that family <laughs> could have its own show for like two seasons and i'd watch most of it well, I actually want to call out, we have a, something called the Faces in the Crowd Award. It's like someone you might not recognize, but actually goes on or has a bitter career. So the son, Mitchell, Mitchell Levine, did you recognize it, him? It wasn't Josh Scad, was it? No, close. I mean, okay. close is not really the right way to say it, but like, this is another young, like, actor on the come up who's kind of on the heavier side, but this is Troy Gentile. He's an American actor, but he's best known for the role, the title role of Barry Goldberg in the ABC comedy series, The Goldbergs, which has been on the air for seven years. He's done 163 episodes of The Goldbergs. Yes. Oh my God. Oh my, he's also played a young Jack Black in two different movies. Yep. Nacho Libre and The Pit of Destiny. I love that you're like Googling alongside me. Oh, because I was like, I had to see who that was. This is really the sweet spot for Entourage in terms of its cameos, in terms of its, like, just, like, the revolving door of characters and actors and actresses that come in and out of this show mid-season four, mid-season five. They're unmatched. Once you get to seasons seven and eight, it becomes a little ridiculous. There's literally a couple episodes where you have, like, eight celebrity cameos at a time, and it just becomes very overwhelming. But this felt like, this felt like a lot of fun, didn't it? Like, hanging out with these people in this world and... Yes, I completely agree. And I actually, let's... Uh, let's not forget T.I. <laughs> yeah. Because they actually do like a, a commentary on Hollywood. Like 
they actually like kind of take a stance and actually it's not just fluff and they say like gangster like i'm tired of like this is what i'm getting offered and it's like it didn't feel like it was meant to be like ti's crazy for thinking this yeah it felt like oh no this is like a here here you go like it felt like an actual starting a conversation or planting the seed of like huh i never thought of it that way like two people who would be watching, which I thought was really nice. And to people who were watching who have never been in a, you know, Hollywood agency meeting, they've probably figured like this probably happens. Like typecast people go in and go, Can I please do something else? Like I don't want to just be a drug dealer, Dane Banner, like Oh yes. Dinklage never playing a, uh, an elf or anything. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, there, there's a lot of uh, Middle Eastern actors and actresses who are like, I'm, I'm not going to play a terrorist. Yeah. Like, I'm just not. Like I'm done. And that's important because like these narratives enforce biases and stereotypes good or bad and when you think about how hard it is to be an actor and how cutthroat and how you're living paycheck to paycheck the fact that these people go no i'm gonna take the stand because it's what i believe in when they really could just collect a paycheck as being a terrorist on 24 or something like that like it's it's really incredible it's it's it really is i, I it, it is it is like it should be more heralded because it's it's pretty amazing to say no to work. Looked at Entourage making some social commentary in 2008. Truly, like I'm good for them. Gangster, drug dealer, rapper. Psh, I might as well be playing my fucking self. Listen, what, what do you want to play, Othello? No, I want to do Black Sabbath. The Ozzy Osbourne story. It's actually a story about a young black supermarket checker who falls in love with an older Jewish woman. And I'm thinking Meryl Streep. We love Meryl Streep, Ari. Meryl Streep is good. Yeah. It said against the Crown Heights rides. Any love scenes? Three. I mean, I could pull it off. I, I, here, I have a question for you. Yeah, let's hear it. So I think about, I watch a lot of Curb Enthusiasm, and it's very similar in the sense that it's about LA life and actors and actresses. And like, what is the cutoff? Like, how, what is the famous where you are a cameo as you mm-hmm. or you are a, a famous actor playing a character? Because like in Curb, like Vince Vaughn plays a character. Yeah. But like Ted Danson plays Ted Danson. I think it's timing. I honestly do. Because towards the end of Entourage, oh. you have Mark Cuban. Oh. You have a, a little, and he a little man Cuban. named Mark Cuban. I don't know if you're familiar with him, John. Um, he's he's in Entourage? Entourage in season seven. He, uh, Oh, I, I got it. <laughs> well, just, you know, be warned. It's not, not one of the better seasons of Entourage. But he goes in with Turtle on a tequila company called Avion, which is an actual tequila company. And at the time, this is Mark Cuban kind of in his heyday. You know, he's sitting courtside. He's running out onto the court. What year is this? So season seven. So this is oh. So uh, 2010. Yeah. Oh, OK. So kind of a rough season for the Mavs. But, you know, looking up next year is going to be good. All right. But in that same breath, the guy who plays his assistant, who is a fictional character, John, Bob Odenkirk. See, that makes sense to me. So Bob Odenkirk hadn't popped into like the mainstream subconscious yet as Saul Goodman on Breaking Bad. So that made sense. It's like a timing thing where if that was today, Odenkirk would be the Mark Cuban character and there would be. Yeah, but Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban's not an actor, though. He's a personality. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. He would be he'd be too famous right now. Exactly. There's like a there's like a, a sweet spot with Entourage where if you're too famous, you have to play yourself. But if you're. You have been famous for a lot of years, and you're just like, and you're a familiar face that you can play someone <laughs> that's not a celebrity. <laughs> okay, all right. Here's a game. Here's a game. I'm gonna play it real quick. I'll I'll give you two celebrities. You tell me if they play themselves or if they play character. Okay. Uh, John Krasinski, Rain Wilson. Oh, good one. Okay. See, Rain Wilson did cameo in Entourage as a character. He played really? RJ, the blogger who's trying to take down no Aquaman way. in season three in the 
Comic-Con episode, yeah. Yes, you're right. I, dude, I gotta know this shit. Come on. <laughs> oh, my God. See, see and I, my instincts were he'd be a character. Yes. But in my mind, John Krasinski would John Krasinski. be... Or, he, I mean, I guess he could play some, like, douchey Boston guy or something that, like, some some sort of rival to Johnny Drama. I could see that. They're not in the same age, but they might be going for similar roles. I, I don't know, but you're right. I think you're at, I think we're in agreement here. Rain Wilson plays the character. John Krasinski plays John Krasinski. And I think if you have a celebrity wife that helps that you helps. be yeah. yourself. Like, so him and Emily Blunt could mm-hmm. be out and about. You know, like, okay, uh, let's do... Um, <laughs> Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. and let's do uh, Keenan Thompson from Saturday Night Live. Uh, I mean, honestly, just knowing Entourage, Kate McKinnon would play some sort of agency person. Yep. Or you know, some sort of creative person in the agency, a character, and Keenan Thompson would be Keenan Thompson, if yep. only to give the show a little color because there's so little color in the show. It let's is. Be honest. It, it's crazy going back and seeing how like you're like how white it is. Yeah. It's like watching The West Wing. You're it's, like, yeah. couldn't one of these? Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so this is a great line of question. It leads us into one of my favorite questions, which is, how would this episode be different in 2020? Now, obviously, all the, like, you know, inflammatory speech and revenge porn yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, aside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the problematic stuff aside. Yeah. Plot point-wise, what's different? The app Cameo. Sure. I think has demystified celebrities doing stuff like this. That's true. Like, I think people are now, like, it's like, it's a part of the gig yeah no it wouldn't be such like a step down to do this yeah my sister when she got married last year got like a cameo given to her by her bridesmaids from like one of the real housewives of new york you know which one sonia no um luann oh the countess countess, yeah that's a big one i had two friends on instagram stories two friends who do not know each other from different parts of the world both get a Sonia from Real Housewives oh cameo the same night. So it was in the same bed, one of the same. Like it was like she did one after the other, and I was like, "Whoa, that it was like so disorienting because I, I thought it was the same one, but it wasn't. It was two separate cameos." How crazy is it that in today's world we're just like paying celebrities for literally thirty seconds of their time? It's, it's oh, cr- truly, it's, it's, it's insane. Oh, the porn stuff doesn't happen either. Like, yeah, that kind of uh, that just like isn't a card to play. I think because yeah. it's like, I think because like we have like. It's, like, so pervasive in our culture now. Like, I just don't think, like, it's a scandal anymore. Yeah, like, like the idea of, like, nudes and, like, sending nudes. Yeah, it's just, like, it's sending so much... nudes is, like, a thing that is, like, like college kids that we didn't, like, are, like, it's, like, yeah, what's the big deal? I'm, like, what? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm exactly. Like, it makes me feel like I'm 100 years old. Agreed. Um, Adam Davies would be, like, okay, you sent me my ex-girlfriend's nudes. Like, I've seen them. A lot of people have seen them, you know? It would just, he kind of shrugged it off. I completely agree. Um, what do you think? I want to go back to what you said. So the app cameo, it's a it's a small encapsulation of like what Vince could be making money off of. So this idea that like he can't even land a sweet sixteen did, yes. in actuality in twenty twenty, Vince would just be getting paid appearance fees in like Vegas yes. nightclubs, corporate gigs, private yes. parties, or he'd simply just make money promoting something on Instagram because he'd have like four million followers and it would just be like, you're, he'd be like Sobe Life Water guy, yeah, like exactly. You're at- you're, you're the, the 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 commercialization of image because of just having a screen in your pocket is like so much higher now than it was then because it yeah you're right he would he would find a way to make money but yeah this whole season's 
like overarching plot is like, oh, Vince doesn't have any money. And it's like, well, actually, <laughs> if it was today, like he'd be making money left and right just by being Vincent Chase and being willing to hawk whatever it is. In season two, I think, there's a whole plot line about, it's actually season three, but him doing like a Chinese commercial for like an energy drink. Yeah, I remember that one. I love that one. And it's all about, like, Vince, are you selling out? And he's like, no, every celebrity does this. Like, yes. why wouldn't I make money off of my image? Like, it's it's an interesting oh, interesting part. Go ahead. I thought of one more thing, too. Super Superhero movies. Yeah, true. Like, it, they were way ahead of the curve. I mean, granted, it's not Marvel because it's Aquaman. But, like, <laughs> I do think, like, being a superhero has more cachet now than it did then. Yeah, Vince would essentially be working for Disney. You know what I mean? Like, he'd be, like, yeah. under the Disney, like, cloak of protection and stuff. They'd put him in other movies. They'd they'd have him on some sort of, like, insane retainer at this point, right? Like, all right, you did Aquaman. Now you got to be in the, the whatever, the Justice League movie. Then you got to be in this spinoff Netflix show. Then you got to be in this. Like, and he'd get paid yeah. for life. He'd be, like, the voice of, of Lion King or some shit. Like, yeah. Like, like it, in the re- reboots. There'd be, and I feel like the stigma of blockbuster is kind of gone. Yeah. hundred percent Marvel movies. Like it's like, no one's like you're Captain America and you can't be in knives out. Like, everyone's <laughs> like you're fine. Like, here you go. Um, and then the last thing, this is, there's a lot of good ones in this. Ari cannot storm into his old agency and assault Adam Davies in his office in front of everyone that would have gotten captured on camera phone. Ari Gold would be like fired yeah. by the end of the day. Camera phones. Yeah, that's it. That's I never. I didn't think about that because I, I was thinking the the drag race wouldn't happen now. Yeah, just because like I think like texting and driving is a thing, and this is like before texting. Like, uh, but yeah, you're right. It would have been caught. It would have gone viral. We're on viral. His like his you know his publicist would have to release a statement. He'd be out on his ass. Be it'd be really quick how fast justice would be served to Ari Gold and Adam Davies doesn't hit him back. So it's essentially he just goes out of his way to assault somebody. And I get that it's like out of honor and stuff, but let's just be honest in 2020 doesn't fly. doesn't fly. And you're right. And he wouldn't get, he wouldn't then go home and like celebrate. He'd come <laughs> home, the cops would be there. Yeah. And his wife would be like, we have to yeah. take our kids out of school. <laughs> You've lost everything. Have you seen TMZ? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're rounding the corner here. Last couple categories. This has been a ton of fun, John. This is so fun. Thank you for having me. Uh, as usual, talking about Entourage is just, it's fodder for like so many more fun conversations. And I knew you'd be a great guest. And, uh, you're, you're, I'm very uh, honored. And I don't mean, th- this is not passive aggressive. I'm enjoying this so much more than I thought I would. <laughs> just because I hadn't seen Entourage forever. And it was really fun to like go, I was like, I got to watch this Entourage episode. And I, I watched it. And I was like, this is so fun. I was like, and I, and I almost kept watching it, but uh, I might go back and see what happens. So I'm like, yeah. Did Why not? Did he get the check? I don't know. <laughs> six man award. So six man, you know, you know, yes. the, you know the term pretty well. Who comes off the man. bench and just makes the most use of their minutes in this episode? It's, it's always Floyd. Until it's always it, Lloyd. Yeah. Lloyd's so it's, good. It's always Lloyd. Until it's someone else. It's Lloyd. You feel, you feel for him so hard. You're just like, man, he has put up with so much at the hands of this iconic character slash monster. He's, and he's the only one with goodness in his heart. Truly. Like, even, like, he's the only one who, like, you root for, and you're not, like, thinking they're depraved or pushing an agenda. Like, exactly. He, he's, like, it's, he's, like, um, Tony Hale and Veep. Yeah, it's, it's good, like, yeah. Like, 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 you're just, you're just, like, he gets shit on, and you, but you root for him, and he's never gonna be bad. That's great. I love, I love that. Retzley, iconic performance. I might also give it, I said it earlier, Paul Herman, a.k.a. Marvin, the accountant. Yes! Just, just bringing that, like, New York, Brooklyn toughness to it. I, I know things are bad, Marvin. 
bad was last year. Things are fucking disastrous now. You're like Katrina with a black car. Marvin, I've been broke before. You're not broke. You're bankrupt. You gotta file Chapter 11. I'm not filing Chapter 11. <laughs> you gotta wipe the slate clean and start all over again. And this time on a budget and without dependence. Should I just get an appetizer? You should go on a hunger strike. But Vince, this is no time to be proud. Marvin. My father filed bankruptcy, left my mother with nothing, not even child support. So call pride whatever you want, I'm not gonna do it. You're a better man than me, bro. I filed three times. Maybe that's why I'm alone. Maybe it's because you're fucking ugly. At one point they're avoiding his calls and he just calls uh, through Shauna and he goes, it ain't Shauna, Eric, it's Marvin. Quit ducking my fucking phone calls. Yes. Like, he, he, he's always on offense. I don't know about you, John. If I was a famous movie star, I'd like listen when my accountant's like, hey man, <laughs> you're running out of money. <laughs> yes. My God. They just, in the face of like bankruptcy, they're like, no, we're just going to continue doing what we're doing. They it's go to a strip trend. club. <laughs> the one place where money does not stay in your pocket. That's a, that's a, I'm not, I'm not a business guy, but it doesn't seem like a good place for, for, to, you know, for things to, to, to work, to get more money. Who besides Vince won this week's episode of Entourage? Because Vince can't win every week. I think and Ari's pretty, in this episode, Ari wins. But I yeah. think low-key Eric wins. Interesting, because he gets the script like sold. And, he, and, and he's doing it on his own. And it's the first time that like he's doing it without Vince, really. That's a good point. And he's like kind of like being a professional. And like Ari didn't believe in him, and then he went to this. He went to her, and she was like, "Yeah, you did a great job. This is a great script." Like, yeah. And so I kind of think low key, he he had like the biggest win for himself. I like that. Yeah, the fl the flashy answer is Ari. Does he gets a Ferrari? He bitch slaps. He punched him, a guy, baby. like, and he wins, and he gets his girl. He gets the girl, and he always wins. But like, sure. he had like the biggest win so far for him. That's good. That's a, that's a nice one. I like that. We haven't even really talked that much about E, probably because you hate the performance so much, but that's I okay. Find him, I find him confoundingly boring. <laughs> Was this an A-list episode, a B-list episode, or a D-list episode? And you can do pluses and minuses. Wow. B. B? Okay. Yeah, what do you think? You have a, more, you have a better frame of reference. Yeah, it's probably closer to a B plus a minus for me because there's not a lot wrong with this episode like you no. usually when we talk about this category it's like yeah but then there's the whole this thing or the whole you know this plot doesn't work right I would have liked to see more of this but I liked the amounts I spent with every character I liked all the I plots agree. I liked the story it was very sim two simple stories two yep. plots I'm gonna avenge my wife I'm, I, and then I'm gonna. I need to go to this birthday party, which is very simple. It's not like a particularly like plot heavy episode where they're like trying to like land a director or like get yes. Vince a role. But like every once in a while, it works as just like a standalone fun episode of Entourage. So I might even do a minus. I might even. Do I think a minus. I, yeah, I think I'm, I'm but minded B plus for sure. Like I think I am. Like because you're right. It was just very like. It wasn't. Uh, it was. Uh, it was just a great day in the life. Hundred percent. John, last question. Ask yes. this for all my first time guests. And I would love to have you back at some point. Maybe like we can I would love to. You can watch like a random episode, maybe a Mark Cuban episode, and then oh, we talk about it. I would be it. so in. <laughs> oh my God. Please. Who are you in your own real life entourage? God. I thought of uh, man. I mean, I'm not I don't like to drive. <laughs> you can be a combination. A lot of people don't I'm a, I'm this part of this person, this part of this I, person. I think we're all probably dr more drama than anybody just because we're in everyone's insecure. Yep. Uh, I think um, who's the other woman agent? Dana Gordon. Yeah, I think I'm her. 
<laughs> I really, really, I just, I really like her. Uh, I'm She's probably, great. I'm probably a combination of like drama and e. You know, if you say Vince, you're a murderer. Like, uh, but in the entourage, I'm like, I think I'm like sillier than my friends. So whoever this yeah. is, is that turtle or dra- drama? Probably. That's drama. Yeah, I mean, come on. You're also, man. You're, you're in. You're in comedy, you're in acting, you gotta have a little drama in you. There's a little bit of that, like, just, like, pushing shit up against the shore and hoping yes, it comes back. exactly. Like, being a failure, you're, you get used to saying no and rejection. Rejection, yeah, yeah. rejection oh. just kind of comes with the territory with oh, drama. you miss it. You, and I'm missing it during quarantine. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, who, who, who do you say? I say E, because I, I was, like, a serial dater in college. I also, like... Not that my uh, friends have gone on to bigger and better things than me, but like I have friends who are just bigger than me. But like, I'm a pretty tall dude. I'm like six one, six two, and I, my three best friends are like six seven, six five, and six is six. That, is that and that's Chicago friends, right? Those are yeah. That's a big Midwest thing, See, Midwest you know. Midwest guys, that's like corn. It's so something crazy. in the milk. Yeah, everyone is so much taller than I ever anticipated. So I've always felt like the like guy who's trying to keep up, which is crazy because I'm not short or like no six one is not yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's I would. There it is. Yeah, you're eat because yeah. his his height is a, a big part of his the character. I, and I and I honestly, in doing this podcast and doing this kind of like deep dive rewatch, John, I really identify a lot more now with Billy Walsh. Dude, I was about to say Billy. <laughs> I would. I think I want to be Billy. I'm yeah. not, but like if I could be aspirational, exactly, I'd be Billy Walsh. One hundred percent. If I could choose. And I'd courage. I'd be Billy Walsh. Yeah, I, I like. I'm a creative as a full time job. It's like I, I'm a writer, so I just kind of have that crazy manic creative energy. I started this thing for God's sake, just like yeah. out of boredom. It, it just there's there's something about the character where he'll like, he'll live and die by his ideas, and, and I love that about Billy. So I think that's such a good yes. I've been I've been on that. <laughs> John, this was so much fun. Thank you it so was, much for coming on OEL. Really yeah, a blast, man. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, if I I, you got whoever listens, you guys listen to this. You got me back into Entourage. I think I'm gonna start watching it again. That's yeah, awesome. Just put the needle right back into the bloodstream and just. Please, I need it. <laughs> Best of luck with quarantine. I hope you are back on the air soon. I can't wait to see what the NBA Z- NBA season brings us this summer. Thank you so much. Where can the listeners of Oh Yeah Oh Yeah follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at jsabine two one four. Uh, J-S-A-B-I-N-E 214. That's for in- Instagram and Twitter. But you don't have to follow me if you have better... Like, there's more important things happening. <laughs> but yeah. You know what? And let, let's let's end on this. There are a lot of crazy things happening in the country right now. Sometimes it feels good to talk about a TV show that went off air nine years ago just for an yes. hour of real estate. I hope that's what it provided for you guys. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining, John. And uh, we'll talk to everyone uh, next week. Thanks again. Bye.